This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. We're talking about forgiveness, and we're talking about worry. And we're talking about what do we do when our faith seems weak and victory seems lost. Uh, I don't even know if it's aired yet or not, uh, but I did a teaching. I started it off a few weeks ago about the same thing, that it's important for us to understand where the opposition comes from. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the Apostle Paul is writing to you and I, and he says, the God of this world, talking about Satan, blinds the mind of those who don't believe the Word of God Because if we do believe the Word of God and the light of the Word shines upon our life, we're going to see the goodness of God. We're going to see the character and nature of God. And so a lot of times when we get weak, a lot of times when maybe we haven't seen results in a while, a lot of times we feel like we've been battling for years and we get tired. We get, you know, just physically, spiritually, whatever the case may be, we've got to go back to our fundamentals and realize that the opposition is from Satan. Jesus himself is the one that told us the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. It's on this earth, in this lifetime, that we need healing in our body. It's on this earth that we need resources to come into our life. And it's not God holding back our answers to our prayers. It's not God holding back resources. It's not God holding back our healing. Satan is the one that is behind the opposition, and he wants us to quit. He wants us to throw in the towel. He wants us to lose. He wants us to not believe God. He wants us to grow weary. He wants us to not fulfill what we're called and created to do. So what do we do? When our faith seems weak and victory seems lost, what do we do when we haven't seen? We've been standing, we've been believing, we've been declaring. What do we do? We start with realizing the opposition comes from Satan. How could Jesus command the storm to be still? Because he realized the storm did not come from his heavenly Father. See, if you think God is the one that's bringing the storm to teach you something, you're not going to stand against it. But when you realize the opposition, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trials and tribulation and frustration, but be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world and I've deprived it of power to harm you. How can we be of good cheer? Because we believe God's word. We trust that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, that God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. So what do we do when our faith seems weak? We realize the opposition comes from Satan. And then another thing that we do, the second thing that we do, is go to God's Word and make sure whatever we're believing for, we have Scripture that covers what we're believing for. Because strength comes from God's Word. If we don't know God's Word, we won't have the strength to fight. We won't have the strength to stand. We won't have the strength to endure. And God wants us to be strong. Say that. God wants me strong. God wants me strong. But my strength comes when I know the Word of God. God's Word reveals His will. 
If I don't know what His Word says, I don't know what God's will is, and it leaves me in a place of limbo. It leaves me in a place of double-mindedness. And James, the half-brother of Jesus, said, when a person is double-minded, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord. In other words, we're up, we're down, we're in, we're out. Maybe it's God's will, maybe it's not God's will. I don't know, I'm not for sure. He says, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord. So make sure that we have Scripture that covers what we're asking God for, what we're believing God for. And the third thing, make sure that we're living in the light of God's Word and we're not living in sin. How do I stay strong? We make sure we're walking in the light that we have. God won't ask us to walk in something that we're not aware of. God won't ask us to do something that we don't have the ability to do. So when we read God's Word, we know we have the ability to do it. 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. Listen to this, and don't let this become um, dull to your hearing because we've heard about forgiveness before. We've heard about uh, worry. We've heard about fear. We've heard about concern. We've heard about fretting. We've heard about all these things. But let's keep, keep our respect level for the Word of God up here. Let's honor what God is saying because it's God's Word that changes the way we think. It's God's Word that reestablishes our belief system. It is God's Word that never fails. It is God's Word that doesn't change. So when he says here in 1 John 1, 7 through 9, he says, But if, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. In other words, he's saying, when, when we're walking in the light of the Word of God, when we're applying what we know to apply, and we're giving each other the freedom to, to be you, that you're where you're at and I'm where I'm at and you're where you're at and we're all at different places, but, but he, what boils down to it, are we applying what we know? He says when we're applying what we know, then we walk in the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. We're walking in fellowship with one another and there's so much freedom and there's so much release and there's so much expectation because I know you're going to stay in the game and you know I'm going to stay in the game and when we fall down, we're going to get back up and we're going to keep running after God and when all hell breaks loose, we're still going to keep running after God and when we don't understand, we're still going to keep running after God and, and you're just applying it and I'm applying it and we're applying it. And he says, as we stay in the game, he says, the blood of Jesus cleanses. The word cleanse means to purify. The word cleanse means to brighten. The word cleanse means not only forgiveness. Forgiveness comes first, and then the cleansing takes place. Cleansing is a work that is done in us, in us as we walk with God. It, it cleanses us not only from sin, but from the pollution of sin. That's what the word cleanse means. So when we're walking in the Word, when we're doing what we know, he says there's cleansing by the blood of Jesus that's taking place. Our, our, our desires are being cleansed. Our mindset is being cleansed. Our, our, our will is being cleansed. Every area of our life is being cleansed by us just staying in the game and applying the Word of God. He says what happens is, is that God's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us Whenever we sin, he says, walk in what you know, but when you sin, own it. This Johnson paraphrase, of course. When you sin, when you make a mistake, receive forgiveness and get back in the game. The quicker a person repents, 
the quicker a person receives forgiveness and gives forgiveness, the quicker a person believes, the quicker a person grows. So when I realize, okay, God's not going to ask me to do something that I can't do. He's for me. He's on my side. He's working with me. We're all at different places. We all got different things going on in our life. But if I keep showing up, if I keep going after him, his blood cleanses me and purifies me and my desire becomes his desire and my will becomes his will and my perception becomes his perception and his will starts being done on earth just like it is in heaven. But when I make a mistake, when I sin, he says, ask him to forgive you. And he is faithful. That's a key word. He is faithful. Say it. He is faithful. He is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful. He is so faithful to forgive us. He is faithful. He wants us to walk in forgiveness. You know that? He wants us to walk with a sense of righteousness. He wants us to know that we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. He wants us to realize we are forgiven. Say it. I'm forgiven. He wants us to understand the blood is working right now as we're in God's Word. His blood is working in our desires. It's working in our mind. It's working in our gifts. His blood is working. He is faithful to never give up on me. He is faithful. Say it. He's faithful. He's faithful. And when I realize that God wants me to walk in my forgiveness, it strengthens me. It strengthens me. When I realize I'm forgiven... It strengthens me. I just want to read a few scriptures because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And I added these scriptures after I I already printed the notes this afternoon. So I just want you to listen to this. Ephesians chapter 1, because building our faith in God's goodness and in his forgiveness strengthens us. Say it, it strengthens me. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, he says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Say it, he wants me to walk in my forgiveness. Psalms 103 verse 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. See, it strengthens me when I realize I'm cleansed by the blood of Jesus. It strengthens me when I realize He separates my sin as far as the east is from the west. They never meet. It strengthens me to know that I'm redeemed. Say it, it strengthens me. Isaiah 43, verses 25 and 26 in the Amplified Classic, He says, I, even I, am He who blots out and cancels your transgression, That word transgression in the Hebrew means rebellion or sin. For my own sake. Notice he says it's for my own sake. When Jesus shed his blood, it wasn't to just deal with the sin issue between us and God, but it was to deal with the sin issue between God and us. Because see, God is holy and he can't have relationship with something that is unholy. But a lot of times we look at it from our perspective that our sin is what separated us from God, but also our sin, um, or let me put it this way, the blood of Jesus closed the gap. The blood of Jesus not only dealt with sin where you and I could approach God, but it also dealt with our sin so God could approach us. God wants to approach us. God wants a relationship with us. God is on our side. God is for us. Say it, God is for me. And he says right here, I'm the one who blots out and cancels your sin for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. 
Put me in remembrance. Remind me of your merits. Let us plead and argue together. Set forth your case that you may be justified, proved right. So what is he saying? He's saying, you remind me of what I've done for you. You remind me that the blood of my son Jesus cleanses you. You remind me that I separate your sin as far as the east is from the west. You remind me that you're made in the image and likeness of God. You remind me that you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. You remind me of what I said in my word that I will supply all of your needs. You remind me that I, I greater is he that is it. Remind me so you and I, we can argue this situation together. You can allow me to be involved in what situation you're dealing with if you will just simply remind me, we can argue this case together and God never loses an argument. It's already settled. When Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, He settled it. The words, it is finished, it settled it. It settled it, we win. It settled it, we're forgiven. It settled it, we're righteous. It settled it, we're healed. It settled it, we're redeemed. It settled it, we're restored. It settled it, we, we are in relationship with Almighty God. He says, but I, God is the one who wrote this. I need you to remind me, remind me of who you are. Remind me. When is the last time you reminded God of His Word? See, when we remind God of His promises, not only does it allow God to come put His super on our natural, but it starts building strength on the inside of us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And when we say the Word, Psalms 45.1 says that our tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And so when we're reminding God and we're reminding ourselves, we're also reminding the devil. Remember in Matthew chapter 4, whenever Satan come to tempt Jesus in the wilderness, Jesus did not overcome Satan with his mouth shut. What did he say? He said, it is written. He knew the will of the Father. He didn't say, well, Rabbi so-and-so down at the synagogue looks at it this way. No, no. He knew what God said for himself. He had ownership of his relationship with God. He knew who he was. He knew, he, he knew what the Word of God said, and he owned it. Say it, owned it. Have you owned your relationship with God? Have we owned our covenant with Almighty God that I am the healed of the Lord? I am the blessed of God. I am the forgiven. I am created in the image of Almighty God. It is because of Jesus we can take ownership of our relationship with God. See, it, it, it strengthens us when we know we're forgiven. It strengthens us when we know that sin is separated as far as the east is from the west. It strengthens us when God says, I'm the one that's blotting out your sin because I don't want to remember your sin. I don't want to look at you that way. I want to look at you cleansed. I want to look at you upright. I want to look at you as forgiven. I want to look at you as an overcomer. I want to look at you as more than a conqueror, just like a parent does. I mean, everybody else sees all the flaws and everything else. But in your kid, what you see, oh, my baby, oh, my son, my daughter, oh, you're, you're looking at the good. Where do, we, where do you think we get that from? From him. From him. Put me... In remembrance of my word, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Now, these are important scriptures to get in your heart. Where you have them, the Holy Spirit works with knowledge. And so the more we get God's word into our heart, the more we have like our quiver full 
where the Holy Spirit can reach in and recall the Word to our remembrance and we can use God's Word to bring victory to our situation and circumstance. So how important do you think it is for you to know what God's Word says on forgiveness? Because the devil is a master accuser and he will try to remind you of every dumb thing you've ever done before in your life. But when you know what God's Word says, he... Now, now this, this will help you. Know that Satan does not know what you're thinking. Because a lot of times we think that he's all-knowing and he's all-present. He does not know what you're thinking. But he goes after the mind to get you to think on his thoughts. And if you don't shut them down, they go from your mind into your heart. You believe them. And now the lie becomes your reality because you didn't shut it down at your mind. He does not know what you're thinking. So when he, you know, this is what uh, the Apostle Paul, Ephesians chapter 6, he says, this is the fiery dart that he's going to shoot and it's going to come on a road to your mind. He wants you to think about how everybody else in your family died of cancer and he wants you to think that you're going to die the same way. He wants you to think that your family had been a failure and he wants you to take it into your heart so that becomes your reality. He wants you to think that you're going to get Alzheimer's or you're going to go broke or you'll never fulfill your dream or you'll never fulfill your... But he does not know what you're thinking so you let him know when he sends a negative thought, you open up your mouth and say, no sir, I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I am redeemed from the curse of sickness and sin and disease and lack and poverty, and I have the blessing of Almighty God. He does not know what you're thinking, but He wants you to take it. He's coming after your mind, and if you take the negative thought, eventually it gets into your heart, and that becomes your reality. But He never knew what you were thinking until you act upon it or until you say it. Realizing that he does not know what you're thinking will bring a lot of freedom in your life. But don't just sit there thinking, okay, he don't know what I'm thinking, but you've got to open your mouth and you've got to make yourself think on the Word of God. Remember, we don't change wrong thoughts with thoughts. We change wrong thoughts with words. That's why it's important to open your mouth and say what God says. So you let the devil know what you're going to think on purpose because you're going to think on the Word of God. You're not going to think on his mess. You're not going to think on the sin. You're not going to think on the thing you're struggling with. You're, not, you're going to think on the blood. You're going to think on the forgiveness. You're going to receive forgiveness. And then you're going to give forgiveness. How do I stay strong? I receive forgiveness. Say it, I receive forgiveness. And I give forgiveness. How do I stay strong? I receive forgiveness and I give forgiveness. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 26. I was going to go somewhere else, but for time's sake, we'll just keep moving. Mark 11, 22 through 26, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. You know what the answer to every question is? Have faith in God. In God. You know what the answer to no matter who's in the, the, the White House, have faith in God. You know what the answer is no matter what the doctor's report is, have faith in God. You know what the answer is no matter what your investments are doing or no matter what the economy is doing, have faith 
in God, no matter what it looks like in the natural, what's the answer? Talk to me. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Even when you don't understand, what are we going to do? Have faith in God. Even when it isn't working out the way we thought it was going to work out, what are we going to do? Have faith in God. We are children of Almighty God, and in the kingdom of God, we live by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray. Now, he's expecting us to pray right here. Whatever things you ask when you pray. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, once again, he's expecting you and I to pray. <laughs> Why? Because prayer will strengthen us. Prayer is communication with God. Prayer develops us. Prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes us. So it says when, when you pray, if you want to get results in your praying, how many of you want your prayers answered? Okay, the rest of you, come on, say, well, who, how many of you want your prayer? Every one of us, right? He says, when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, if you have anything against anyone, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him or her that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now let's allow the Holy Spirit to shine the light in our heart and let's don't, uh, let's don't kid ourselves. I'm not saying this is easy, but I am saying it's possible because God would never ask us to do something we didn't have the ability to do. So if He tells us when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, if... Ask on the inside, Holy Spirit, is that me? Is there anybody? Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. <laughs> he didn't say that. <laughs> he says, if, 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 if you have anything, 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 if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6, verses 12, 14, and 15. Now, forgiveness is connected to our healing. Forgiveness is connected to the answer in our prayers. Forgiveness is connected to us walking in what the Bible promises. Forgiveness is connected to our growth. Forgiveness is connected to the manifestation of God in our life. Remember, the quicker I receive forgiveness and the quicker I give forgiveness and the quicker I believe, the quicker I grow, the quicker I walk in my inheritance, the quicker I see the promises come to pass. God wants me to be strong by knowing that I'm forgiven. He wants me to be strong by forgiving. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. Say it, it's a choice. Now, Matthew chapter 6, we know this story here. The disciples come to Jesus. They'd seen Jesus open the blind eyes. They'd seen Jesus open the deaf ears. They'd seen Jesus take the five loaves and the two fish and multiply it and feed 20,000 people. But they did not ask Jesus, Jesus, will you show me how to multiply the fish and bread? Because that was really cool. They realized the power had come from his prayer life. 
So they say, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? And Jesus says, okay, I want you to start like this. And you could probably quote it with me. He says, our Father, which Father means source. He says, I want you right off the bat, connect to your source. Realize who the creator of heaven and earth is. Realize who you're praying to. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. He's, he's saying, I'm wanting my will to manifest upon earth just like it is in heaven. And he says, give me this day my daily bread. And then we pick it up here in verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now notice what he's saying. He's saying, I want you to pray and you to ask the Father to forgive you the same way you forgive. Don't raise your hand, but I want you to think about this. Do I really want God to forgive me the way that I forgive? Not if I'm not in the process of getting better at it. <laughs> he says, this is, he says, I want you to pray. God, forgive me the way that I forgive my debtors. And he goes on to say in verse 14 and 15, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. See, forgiveness is a big deal to God. So it should be a big deal to me. Forgiveness is a big deal to God. Say it, it's a big deal to God. So it should be a big deal to me. It should be a big deal to me. I should desire to know how to forgive if it's this big a deal to God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 and 45. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. I want to read it again. But I say to you, Trey, put your name in there. I say to you, Trey, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you, that you may be sons or daughters of your Father who is in heaven. How many of us want to be acknowledged as a son or daughter of God? Every single one of us, he says, so this is a way that you can do it. I want you strong, and you get strong by realizing that God wants us forgiven, that our sin is separated, the, the east is from the west. We get strong by realizing that we receive forgiveness, but also how important it is to give forgiveness. He says, so love your enemies. How are we doing? Bless those who curse you. How are we doing? Do good to those who hate you. How are we doing? Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father. You know you can shut the devil up by beginning to bless your enemies. You can shut the devil up when you start to pray and you start to bless and you start to love your enemies. Remember, love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. Here in this town, when we started meetings and stuff here, we had a pastor that came against us, and they called our, our pastor and called other spiritual leaders to come against us to shut us down. And, and, and you know one of the ways we shut down, the, just the demonic behind it, was we got together and we prayed about sending him a big offering, and it not only shut him up, but it shut the devil up. So I told the devil, if you don't shut up, I'll send him another offering. You can shut the devil up by blessing your enemies. 
you can shut the devil up. And not only does it shut the devil up, it's good for your heart. Last night where I was, I was preaching and this guy, he was telling me this long story of just this abuse and all this stuff going on. He says, I don't want to bless my enemies. I want them to have a miserable life. <laughs> He's just being real because we've all thought the same thing, right? <laughs> so, so what do we do? You begin to ask God to reveal his heart to them. You begin to ask God to shape them and mold them and to put the right people in their life and you begin to release them. Now this is very important. You command the power of their words to go void in your life. Their words do not have power and authority over you and you rebuild yourself up by speaking what God says. God says you're an overcomer. God says you're blessed. God says you're more than a conqueror. God says you're victorious. God says you're righteous. God says you're redeemed. God said. So God God's Word only has power in our life whenever we give it power. And you give it power by believing in your heart and declaring with your mouth. So you start to bless and you start to pray and you start to forgive. God, I would just as much run them over with my truck as I would forgive them. You just be real with God. He's a big boy. He can handle it. He knows the way you feel anyway, right? But God, I need your help. I choose to forgive. I choose to release. I choose to let it go. Say it, I choose to release, and I choose to let it go. It's a choice. Forgiveness is a choice, and the feelings will come later, and sometimes it's a while later, but they will come. <laughs> but you've got a choice to bless and forgive and pray. So what do we do when our faith seems weak? Because when your faith is weak, you get your tail handed to you. When your faith is weak... Even though you're called an overcomer, you're not coming over anything. Even though you're called more than a conqueror, you're not conquering anything. So what do we do when our faith seems weak? We realize the opposition is coming from Satan. We realize he's the one that wants us to stop. He's the one that wants us to quit. He's the one holding back the answer to our prayer. And we go to God's Word and we make sure that we have the Scriptures covering whatever situation we're facing. And then we go back to our fundamentals of realizing God wants me forgiven and I am forgiven. And not only am I forgiven, but I have the ability to forgive because when I forgive... It releases me. When I forgive, it softens my heart. When I forgive, it, it, it brings healing and wholeness to my physical body. There's, there's somebody watching right now that in the bottom parts of your eyeballs, as we're talking about forgiveness, and you're choosing to release that individual in your life, healing is coming into your eyeballs because of your forgiveness. See, there's times that we pray for healing and wholeness, and God wants us to walk in healing and wholeness, but we're not willing to forgive, so it hinders our ability to walk in our healing. If you have anything against anyone, forgive them. Why would He tell us that? Because He wants our prayers answered. He wants us to walk in victory. He wants us to walk in close relationship with Him. And when we're walking in unforgiveness and we're not receiving our forgiveness and we're not giving our forgiveness, it hinders our prayers. It hinders our relationship with God. Now, even if we're not doing it right, God is so merciful. 
even if we'll just keep showing up and we'll keep being real with God and we keep applying the word that we know and we keep walking in the light. Remember, the blood of Jesus is cleansing us. It's, it's delivering us from the power and authority of sin and he's helping us and we stay in relationship with God and we stay in relationship with one another. So it strengthens us when we see, receive forgiveness and whenever we give forgiveness. Say it, it strengthens me. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 22. And Peter came to him and said, now this is, um, well, I'll just read it. Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. In Luke's account of this, he writes seven times seven Seven times 70 of the same sin in the same day. 490 times God tells us to forgive the individual. And then, of course, they go on and say, Lord, you need to increase my faith. I'm asking you to increase my faith because I'm going to need some help with this one because I'm, I'm not feeling so loving. But God isn't going to ask us to do something that he doesn't do himself. So if he's asking us to forgive somebody of the same sin 490 times in the same day, how do you think he deals with you and I? Am I the only one that you've asked God to forgive you and just a few moments later you do the same thing you just asked for forgiveness for? If you're breathing, you've done it. And he just keeps believing in us and he keeps loving us and he keeps releasing us and he keeps... Now, if you continue ignoring the Holy Spirit, you continue to not deal with your sin over... And, and each, each person, you have your own relationship with God. You know, there's no cookie-cutter grace or cookie-cutter mercy or cookie-cutter forgiveness, but... In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, whenever the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and he's talking to them about communion. And he tells them, he says, the reason some of you are dying prematurely and the reason some of you have this sickness that you can't get rid of is because you're not judging yourself. You're coming and you're playing and you're going through the process, but the Holy Spirit has been talking to you about this sin, about this unforgiveness, about this situation for X amount of years... And the reason you're not getting rid of it because you're not willing to judge yourself because when we judge ourselves, he says, you won't be judged. When we judge ourselves, in other words, he's saying, just, just make a decision. When we, when we miss it, we're, gonna, we're just going to admit it. I missed it. I mean, this, this, this is practice. I missed it. Say it. I missed it. I missed it. I was wrong. God, if it hurts your heart, I want it to hurt my heart. If you don't like it, I don't like it. If you don't want me to do it, I don't want to do it. Be quick. Be quick to receive forgiveness. Be quick to give forgiveness and strength will come back into your body. Strength will come back into your vision. Strength will come back into your business. Strength will come back in to whatever you're called and created to do simply by forgiving. So forgiveness strengthens us. Say it. Forgiveness strengthens us. Now, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, learning how to commit our situation to God will strengthen us. 
First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, in the Amplified Classic, he says, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on Him, for He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Notice what he says, Casting the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your concerns. How many? All. All. How many? Psalms 34, verse 19. It says, Many evils confront the consistently righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. See, a lot of times we want to... uh, let, Let me put this. How many of you like anxiety? How many of you like when you feel really worried and it affects your body? How many of you like that? Okay, none of us like anxiety. None of us like worry. None of us like being concerned all the time. And he says, if we will cast our care upon the Lord, all of our concerns, all of our anxieties, all of our worries, once and for all on Him, because He cares for us affectionately, He will deliver us from all of our affliction. He will, not He might. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of some of them. That's not what He said. He delivers us out of all of them. But the only way for us to, only way for God to work on our problems, to work on our situation, is if we give the care, we give the concern, we give the worry to God. If God has the worry and the concern, that means I don't have it. But if I have the worry and the concern, that means that God does not have it. And if I haven't given Him my worry and concern and and fear and anxiety, then He can't move upon my behalf. It nullifies my prayer when I don't cast, when I don't throw, when I don't commit, when I don't release the worry to God. Let's keep going. Psalms 55. This is one I added just a few minutes ago before we started, but uh, verse 22 in the Amplified. It says, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it, and He will sustain you. He will sustain you. He will sustain you. He will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, fall, or fail. When I cast my burden upon the Lord, He says, I will sustain you. When I cast my burden upon the Lord, and when He says consistently righteous, if you've called upon the name of Jesus, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But consistently righteous means that you're living out of your right standing with God. You're applying the word that you know. You're walking in the light that you have, and the blood of Jesus cleanses you, and you have a sense of righteousness about you. You have a sense that you're clean before God. And he says when you're staying in the game, you're applying what you know to apply, God's going to sustain you. When you cast your burden, when you release it to God, release the weight of it. Say it, release the weight of it. He will sustain me. Psalms 37, verse 5, this is on your notes here. He says, commit your way to the Lord. Roll and repose each care of your load on Him. Trust, lean on, rely on, be confident also in Him, and He will bring it to pass. We'll read it again. Commit your way to the Lord. Roll and repose some of your cares. That's not what he says. 
each of your care, your load on him. Trust, lean on, rely on, be confident also in him, and he will bring it to pass. See, if I'm holding the care, if I'm playing with my worry, if I'm kind of, I'm coddling it, because you don't understand what I've gone through and I've lived with this worry and fear and concern for so long and I saw Aunt Boo Boo be a worrier and Uncle Ding Dong be a worrier and Grandma and Grandpa be a worrier and I just I just feel like I've got to be responsible and I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills so if I don't worry then I'm not being responsible. He says, if... You'll cast your care, your load, release the weight of it on him. He will bring it to pass. But if I don't release it to God, he can't bring it to pass. Even though he's all-knowing, even though he's all-powerful, even though he's almighty, if I don't release, if I don't cast, if I don't throw, God doesn't have it, he can't work on my problem. And so why would I, myself, and we've all done it before, somebody who does not have all the answers, somebody who doesn't know everything, somebody who doesn't have all the resources, why would I want to keep my care justifying because I've been hurt or I've gone through whatever, and Instead of giving it to somebody who can help me, giving it to somebody who can heal me, giving it to somebody who can provide, giving it to somebody who does know everything, giving it to somebody who never leaves me nor forsake me, who has me covered in all situations. He said, I will bring it to pass if you will commit your load to me. He says, I'm going to bring it to pass. What I promised you, I will bring it to pass. Not I might, I will. I will. Say it. He will. He will. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 27. Now this is Jesus Himself talking to you and I. And it's important when we read God's Word, picture. Picture from time to time, Jesus is sitting across from me, and this is what He's telling me. Maybe we're having opportunity with fear or worry or doubt or concern or anxiety, whatever it is. We don't know where the money's going to come from. We don't know how we're going to walk in our healing. We don't know how we're going to do this or how we're going to do that. Verse 25, Therefore I tell you, Trey, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life. Now, if Jesus was sitting right across from the table from me, and he told me, Trey, get a hold to yourself. Oh, Lord, I'm trying. I'm trying. You just, you just don't know what they said about me. I mean, it really hurts my feelings, Jesus. You know... He's not going to get up and come around the table and say, bless your heart. If I was in your situation, I, I would worry too. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to get through this. Jesus, Jesus is not going to respond to you and I like this. This isn't a suggestion. This is him saying, I need you to get a hold of it. I know what you're going through. He's moved with the feelings of our infirmities. Hebrews chapter 4, he knows everything. But he's saying, okay, if you want me to get involved, if you want my super to come upon your natural, you want me to deliver you from all afflictions, you want strength to come back inside of you, I need you to stop, stop. Look at your neighbor and say, stop. Being perpetually uneasy. 
He's saying, I need you to stop worrying. He goes on to say about your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, about your body, what you should put on. Is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above and more excellent than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. In other words, he's saying all the way up to this time, the birds have never gone without food. The Father will keep feeding them. And tomorrow... Tomorrow, regardless of what you're going through, God's going to keep feeding the birds. And if he's going to keep feeding the birds, then he's going to keep feeding you. And he goes on to say, are you not worth more than they? And who of you by worrying, listen to this, who of you by worrying and being anxious can add one unit of measure cubit to his stature or to the span of his life? Who of you by worrying and being anxious can add one unit of measure cubit to his stature or to the span of his life. He's saying, which of you at any time in your life have you worried so much it filled up your bank account? (laughs) Which of you by worrying so much it brought healing to your body? Which of you by worrying so much it brought you some new clothes? In other words, he's saying, worry doesn't work. Worry doesn't work. Say it. Worry doesn't work. Worry actually makes it worse. So if worry doesn't work, why do I want to keep doing it? Worry, fear, Doubt, anxiety, fretting, it doesn't work. Say it, it doesn't work. It actually makes it worse. It actually makes it worse. Job says, the thing that I feared came upon me. The thing that I dreaded, it happened. Just the way I was seeing it happen... It happened. So when the enemy wants you and I to worry about who's in office, worry about our finances, worry about our future, worry about our dream, we can't change the past. Nobody has the ability to change the past. But he's saying, I need you to get a hold to yourself and put your foot down and say, and there's times you've got to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I don't worry. Even if just a second ago you were worrying. You've got to get a hold to yourself. I don't worry. I'm not uneasy. I'm not perpetually anxious. I don't have a care. I don't have a concern. God, I cast it over on you. I commit it to you. I release it to you. And you said, you supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, period. Not a question mark, period. You've got to get to the place of a period behind the Scripture. Not, well, he supplies all of my needs if so-and-so is the president. He supplies all my needs if the economy's up. He supplies all of my need if my spouse is doing good. He supplies all of my need if my investments do good. He supplies all of my need if everybody likes me. No, no, he supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory, period, period, period. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter what you do, period. The period is right there. 
Same way, 1 Peter 2, 24, he took my infirmities, he bore my sicknesses, and by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed, period. Not, this is really an intense disease. Not, oh my gosh, I don't know how everybody else is going to get... Period. This is who I am. I am the healed of the Lord, period. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to be concerned about it. It doesn't say you won't have the opportunity. He just says when opportunity comes, don't take it. Every one of us will have the opportunity to worry. Every one of us have the opportunity to be afraid. But you open your mouth and you begin to say what God says. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Strength will begin to come. God, you said you supply all my needs. God, you said you never leave me nor forsake me. God, you said if you're for me, who can be against me? God, you said your Word never returns void. God, you said that I'm cleansed. God, you said that angels have charge over me. God, this is what you said. And the next thing you know, you come out of your prayer time and you've committed your situation to the Lord. Committed means I'm giving it to God and I'm not taking worry any longer and I have not a care. And I'm going to go away peaceful, and I'm going to go away with the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. And there's times you've got to stay at it day in, day out, day in, day out, because the enemy will bombard your mind trying to break down your, your strength and your thinking to get you to believe it'll never happen for me. It'll never, I don't know how it's going to come. No, 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 I have not a care. If God, I commit it to God, He has it. It's a done deal. It's settled. Say it, He has it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, he says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Worry, fret, nullifies your prayers. When we're living in worry, when we're living in concern, when we're living in fear, it nullifies our prayers. And God wants us to be strong. God wants us to get our prayers answered. God wants us to walk in what His Word promises. Well, how do I do that? By knowing I'm forgiven, by going around forgiving others, no matter what they say or do, we're good at forgiving, we're good at releasing, we're good at letting it go. And we realize when worry, fear, concern comes on, nope, that's not mine. God, I commit it to you, I release it to you, and you said you will bring the promise to pass whenever I release the care of my situation on you. Look at your neighbor and say, release it. Let it go. Release it. What, what area or what situation do you need to ask God to forgive you for worrying over? What, what situation do you need to ask God to forgive you for having a poor me attitude over? What situation do you need to ask God because you've been discouraged and you feel like it's unfair and we need to ask God to forgive us? Because I can't worry and be in faith at the same time. I can't be anxious and in faith at the same time. We want to learn to labor to enter in to that place of rest. Amen? I want to pray over you. I want you to say this with me. Father God, I ask you to forgive me for worry, for being concerned, for being fretful, for being anxious. 
I cast the care of my care on you. I release the load on you. I release the weight on you. And Father, if you have it, I don't have it. I have not a care. I don't care. I release it. I don't have a care. In Jesus' mighty name.